We hear so much about purpose these days and our calling and our passion, and that's great. But what if we're looking for purpose in all the wrong places? You're going to hear more about that today on The Brave Hearted Woman. Hey, this is Don Damon, the Braveheart Mentor, and this is my podcast, The Bravehearted Woman. I'm here to raise the brave in you, so hit subscribe if you haven't done so. That way you'll never miss another episode. You ready? Let's get brave. My guest today is a force of nature, y'all, in so many ways. She started out as a concert pianist, and now she's an international voice of influence for so many on leadership. And she's got a new book, Purpose, the Remix, a mind-blowing, and it is, re-understanding of purpose and how it works. Would you please welcome today to the brave-hearted woman, my guest, Jade Simmons. Hey, Jane. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for being here. Well, first of all, your enthusiasm, you are just, you're like a bolt of lightning. Like you just, (laughs) you got, you know, I always say in my moniker as I'm signing off, live with grit and glitter. And I'm thinking that you embody that grit and that glitter. You got that style going on. But listen, haven't we been told that we need to find our purpose? What do you mean when you say we're probably looking in all the wrong places? I mean, we've made it so hard. You know, if it's not eat, pray, love, and we have to fly to India and, you know, go live somewhere else for a year or switch our job 10 times, if it doesn't give us, you know, the chills all the time, we think we haven't found it. And my belief is that Purpose has been with us since before we were even born. And Mm. the only job we have is that we get to uncover, not discover, go find, search it out. We get to uncover more of it as we live on this earth. And so my big soapbox statement, Don, is that purpose is not the thing you do. It's the thing that happens in others when you do what you do. Wow. Yeah, I said that a few years ago. And for me, it was a personal epiphany. I had no idea how many people would be freed almost instantly. And we would get these crazy emails, probably a bad advertisement for bringing me in to speak, but people would quit their jobs the next day. They would launch businesses, go into missions because it was like this sudden realization that we're not stuck where we are, that purpose actually goes wherever we go. So are you saying that when you would connect with people, your purpose was manifesting in a way that all of a sudden they felt like activated or bold or encouraged to do something? Yeah. I mean, my purpose, my specific individual unique purpose is to activate people into being bigger and bolder than before, than when before I met them. And I believe it's the biggest version that God has called them to be. What would happen Mm -hmm. is, and this is because I believe that freedom inherently is connected uh, to purpose and vice versa. When I would tell people, guess what? Your purpose is not the title you're wearing. It's not the role you're in. I have to say that twice for moms. Moms, moms, it's not the role you're in. It's not the industry. It's not your talent, your gifting, your skilling, your ability. It's not even your passion. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. It's not. Purpose is actually that thing that is breaking out in others when you're doing whatever it is that you're doing. And so for me, 
uh, to make it plain and clear, I thought my purpose was to play the piano. Um, and those of you who are just listening in, yes. I'm pointing to the piano, I'm sitting right next to it. This instrument is a huge part of my life and, and my identity. And so I thought it was also my purpose because it was what I was trained to do. It's all I wanted to do. And it wasn't until I started speaking to audiences, Don, in between the music and saw that there was stuff breaking out. Wait a minute, when I'm not even playing the music, I was insulted. People were like talking about the stories I was telling and, oh my gosh, I felt this way when I heard you say that. And I'd be like, did you not hear how awesome I just was on those 88 keys? Yes. While, you know, to realize that they were saying we actually got more than we came for. And I think it's hard for us to sometimes release that thing we've been working so hard on, that job we've worked so hard for, that business we'd worked so hard to build and really take a step back and say, what's happening in people when they experience the things I've built, when they hear the things I'm saying, when they're watching me do or experiencing what I'm doing, we realize that purpose isn't caught up in this piano. It's not caught up in that title. It's caught up in the outbreak effect that we have on people around us. Oh, I like the way you're saying that outbreak effect. That's really interesting. And I've not thought about it in those terms either. I do a lot about teaching on purpose and passion and redefining and reimagining as a brave hearted woman, a midlife woman, what is my purpose now? Maybe in some ways I am saying, what is it I do now? But what I should be thinking about is it's almost like an anointing. What happens in other people when we're having an experience? You're meeting me, but we should both be experiencing each other's purpose or feeling. Yeah, well, you know, it's, I love that you said, what's my purpose now? And this is where this big reward of this re-understanding comes. Your purpose, I don't believe, ever actually changes. It does evolve in the sense that as you realize more of what it is, it gets to expand. But most people, you can trace the beginnings of purpose all the way back to childhood. How many speakers yeah. do you meet who say they were the kids who, you know, got on the report card, please stop talking, right? Something was already... <laughs> in there yes. and it came out by way of personality and activity. One of the investigations we asked them to do in the book is to go back and ask people who love you, who know you, what effect you do have on them. You know, it's a very vulnerable thing, right? To ask your spouse, what's that unique thing that they actually do love about you that they don't see in anyone else. Even clearer for those of us who have our girlfriends come to us and tell us all their business. I always say, ask them why they come to you when they do. And you'll start to hear a theme. Oh, well, Dom, when I come to you, I know you're going to make it crystal clear. Jade, when I come to you, you're going to tell me that thing that I kind of already know, but I don't really want to hear. Right. And then you're going to make me do it. Right. Or when I come to you, man, there's just a peace that I get, even though the storm's still brewing. And then you'll take that answer. And you'll try it out in other places and see if that theme keeps recurring. In that theme, that recurring theme, is that outbreak effect. Uh, for me, we started asking audience members what they were enjoying about the experience that I would put together for them. And we heard this recurring theme of, I feel like I can do anything now. Yeah. Or, and I feel like I see things differently or understand things differently. So I know that a part of my purpose is to you know activate people to be bigger and bolder. And that usually includes some kind of shift in perspective and a remix in the way that they're doing things. So when you say being a midlife woman, you're gonna notice that now that purpose wants to ride itself out in another vehicle. 
right? It might start in one place and you would still have that same gifting and purposeful behavior in one workplace. But even if you shift workplaces, you'll notice that same effect happens. Mm-hmm. And you know, multifaceted, multi-passionate people often struggle because they think I'm all over the place. Well, no, if you look, you'll find that same kind of purpose kernel is in each of those activities. Our job is to focus that and use it intentionally. That's really powerful. And is that when you talk about purpose and passion, I'm hearing a distinction then. Those two things are not synonymous necessarily. No, I do a whole chapter in the book on four words that we sort of mindlessly interchange and that's Mm -hmm. purpose, passion, destiny, and calling. We just sort of use those words, uh, but they're really very different. And I focus on the purpose and passion thing because it's the one I think we mix up the most. We'll hear people say, you should just follow your passion. I'm an extremely passionate person. I have a lot of passions and I will tell you, passion is the last thing you want to follow. It was never designed to be a leader. It's really a poor leader, but passion actually comes to fuel you in the thing that you're following, which should be purpose. Purpose is a renewable energy. Passion is exhaustible. That's why you can be passionate about one thing in one season and then don't even know why you were into it in the next Okay. That's so profound. I got to stop you just for a second. Listen, brave hearts, you got to get a hold of that. We need you to say that again, because purpose is renewable energy. Passion is going to burn out. Passion is a poor leader. Wow. And I think this is important for your community, especially because if they are becoming the brave hearted people that I know you are pushing them to be, they already come with a lot of passion, a lot of drive and a lot of courage. And we're also the ones that tend to be burnt out, exhausted, frustrated because we're giving everything and Mm -hmm. we're not getting in return. We tend to put everybody else before ourselves. We can work someone else's purpose to death. We will help you build that thing. And then our little purpose baby's sitting there in the back starving because we've depleted ourselves in passion, also an obligation and responsibility. And here's the great thing about passion. It comes to fuel you. I believe that God designed it so that we could enjoy the thing we are called to do. And so purpose by default, it's so wonderful. Every time you operate in purpose, it refuels itself because it determines never to be depleted because it is tied to your kingdom impact on Mm -hmm. this earth. You are designed to have an impact every last day, every last millisecond we're here. Right. And since God has given us each individual purpose that hooks back up with his, he has made it so you can't burn out in purpose. You can burn out in passion. I always say really quickly, calling is literally the thing that you're called to do. It's usually for a season. It can be for a lifetime, but give yourself permission that the call may change. Destination is just what it says. It's a destiny point. It's where you end up. And if you're living life right, you get to have multiple destination points uh, throughout your lifetime. Mm -hmm. So sometimes then I encounter women who feel that their purpose is obscure. Let's put it that way. If purpose is with us since we were born and even before when we're in our mother's womb, which I also believe is true, then why don't we identify it? Has our purpose been snatched by somebody, stolen? Do we have purpose thieves or purpose amnesia. 
Yeah, you can. I love those phrases. As you know, I talk about them and the idea of having your purpose snatched, but I want to talk briefly on that first word you use that obscurity. It's not all our fault, Don. Purpose has been painted to be this big lofty thing that only Mother Teresa has or Mandela, <laughs> right? Or Martin Luther King. And if we aren't martyred for that thing, if we aren't changing the world in a very tangible, visible way, rewriting history, we can be made to think we have small purpose or no purpose at all. Mm -hmm. So that's where some mm -hmm. of that obscurity comes from. I blame Hollywood as well. I'm a superhero fan and we can believe that it's the superheroes that have it. The rest of us are just the extras in the Which movie. is Clark Kent. <laughs> yeah, we're just Clark Kent at best. At best. Um, and, and I believe that purpose actually is one size fits all. There is no small purpose, medium purpose, large purpose. There's only how much purpose do we decide to walk out. When mm. you talk about purpose snatchers, come on, Don, we'll do all this work finally uncover, I am here to activate people to be bigger and bolder than they've ever been. And then we start getting all excited, all jumpy about it, moving in it. And then what comes? Obligation sometimes comes. Well, slow your horses there. You've got to do this thing over here first, or really you're locked into this thing. And sometimes we have a false sense of obligation that can snatch purpose. Fear can snatch yeah. purpose. Other yep. people, we always talk about intimidation or they're jealous of what we're doing. Some people just don't understand what you're trying to do and they really love you as they know you. I'm really familiar with you doing this thing. I made a pretty big political move a few years ago and it shocked a lot of people and they didn't really know how to respond to it. I was responding to a specific calling in that season of my life, completely 100% sure it was what I was supposed to be doing. But the people who just were used to me playing the piano just wanted me to keep playing the piano. Right. right? And we say, you know what? This is uncomfortable for everybody and it's a stretch for me. So let me just stay back here and operate in the last iteration of mm -hmm. purpose. Mm -hmm. Right. So it will take that courage, that brave heart to really understand that purpose is usually always waiting for us in a new purpose vehicle out by the curb. Just right. waiting for us to come join it. You know, I heard an interview that you were doing once and this line kind of caught me as well because you said, I believe that people should always be looking for the remix in their lives. And that's yeah. kind of like what I'm hearing you say right now. And that is also for my audience. Can you say a little bit more about that? Because that reimagination or that remix, is that a getting a fresh perspective about the eternal purpose, if you will, that we carry. And I want us to understand this is not just self-help talk to make us get excited for a season. The word of God says, I didn't make this up, right? In Isaiah that God's always doing a new thing. New thing. The key is right after that, it says, can you perceive it? Yes. So it's not that things are stale, dry, old, and not changing. But do we have the lens of change on? Are we looking for the new thing that God is doing? And I think if God always makes everything new, that must mean he makes me new. So my question to him, even today was, God, what's the new thing you want me to know today? And for my business, for my team, uh, for this project we're working on, for my marriage, for my family. So whenever we start to feel like things are getting old news, ask God, help me perceive what it is you're doing new. And the funny thing is, if you lean into it, there's always a remix waiting. I mean, my original dream was simply to be a classical concert pianist. Minutes before we got on, I'm practicing Beethoven. But the truth is the large majority of my time is spent in front of audiences with only a fraction of that time 
going to the piano. My voice is the instrument in this season for quite some time now. I had to be open to that because, you know, my pride and ego said, listen, I've been waiting a long time to get on these certain stages, God, and I just started hitting it and you're making me switch this direction. What's up with that, right? And we can really marry the things that we consider our dreams. And I always say, God, okay, I wanna make sure that I'm not just chasing my childhood dream, but that I am going after my God-sized destiny. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times they do look alike, but I really believe that God has a new iteration. Lastly, I'll say for you know women in this midlife period, I feel, and my mother who's 73 says this, she says, I don't feel whatever 73 is. You know, she moves differently now. She's, you know, she can't cartwheel, right? Right. She definitely is different than when she was in her 20s. But she said, on my inside, I still feel young. I still feel life. And I think we have to embrace that. I saw a funny meme on Instagram that says, I'm going to stop saying I'm 45 years old and I'm going to start saying I'm at level 45, which sounds <laughs> way more hardcore which is really what it is, isn't it? That we're, we get to live out these levels with God. That's powerful. I'm identifying with you in many ways because <laughs> for so long in my ministry, I was a singer. I was a worship leader and I had a musical group with another woman. We were a duo and in between songs, I would begin to share and speak. And then I would get speaking engagements and I realized like, I love singing, but that's not what it is inside of me. That's not what lights my fire or it's not what I even feel like my God purpose as you're speaking about. God has designed me to communicate the word of God. And so then I became a pastor and a preacher. And so, you know, kind of the rest is history, you know, we're preaching and now podcasting and doing those things. But I want to shift gears just for the moments that we have left. And you alluded to it a moment ago. I want to hear about your brave story because you took a leap of faith. You entered a political arena. You did some powerful things. Could you just talk about what did you have to do to walk in that boldness that the question I guess is how brave did you have to be to enter a new arena and leave the sure thing and get out of the comfort zone and didn't everything in you and all those people that love you say, what are you doing? But you knew you had heard from God. Yeah, I think, you know, I haven't really spoken much about this on most of the interviews I've done. And I think it's so suitable that it's on this one yes. you know, talking about what it looks like to have courage and, and to brave yeah. after God. I will give you the moral of the story first, which sure. is, I promise you, whoever is watching and listening in, you are currently being prepared for the future thing. Now, the preparation God's taking you through, whether it's going to music school, singing, sharing a little bit in between the music, you think that stuff's incidental and I promise you at the end of it, you're going to go, oh my gosh, I see what you were doing, God. So I actually had made this habit, Dawn, of doing these little shape-shifting moves in my career, right? Starting to talk, then starting to blend genres. And I was finding the same purpose in everything that I was doing, starting to speak. I became a women's pastor, a youth pastor, became an ordained minister. All these things that people just thought, oh, well, that's just Jade being multifaceted, right? But what happens is each of those things deposits something in you that you need. My father's a civil rights activist, so I grew up not so much politically active. We weren't in that way, but very much aware of societal issues. Our father wouldn't have it any other way. He wanted us to know what was going on around the world. 
I've always had a curiosity for world issues and foreign affairs. And right around 2016, I remember preaching about how wild the political scene was. In the Republican Party, I remember they had all these random candidates who didn't look like your average politician. And I said to the church at the time, I said, you need to keep your eyes open because God is doing something wild. He's raising up the unexpected to do an uncommon thing. Sidebar, sometimes you're preaching to yourself. Lots of times. When I was a little girl, I had this little fleeting dream that I was going to be the first African-American female president of the United States. Mm -hmm. But I also wanted to be Superman and I also wanted to be a classical concert pianist, right? So it was one of those things that I was like, that's fine. This feeling that I was about to go into this world of politics started percolating in 2016, but I thought it would be well off into the future. Little did I know that in 2020, I was going to toss my hat in the ring as an independent candidate for president of the United States. It didn't come as a huge surprise to say my husband, because I'd started talking to him about it. My family knew that I had a lot to say, and I I felt very strongly about things that I was seeing happening in politics that I felt were very divisive. Mm -hmm. But it's one thing to talk about a thing and then do a thing. And like you said, Dom, when I dove into that, There were not a lot of cheerleaders because that was probably the most polarizing election we've had in a long time. Oh, goodness. Uh, People felt very strongly about their chosen side or candidate. And I felt even more strong about the division that I felt was being caused by the two parties. And Mm -hmm. so I did that thing. We were able to be voted on in 42 states and we were on the ballot in several of them, but we were what you call a registered write-in and all of the others. I traveled this nation and it was one of the most rewarding things I'd ever done to get to meet people for myself and hear their heart versus what was being presented to me in the media was completely life-changing. Talk about a change in bravery I'll tell you what, I was insulted and threatened more in the first three months of tossing my hat in the ring than in my 43 years on earth at that point. Mm -hmm. And God does what he says he's going to do. My husband probably was more upset than I was. I didn't feel a lot of the darts that came my way because I knew what God was telling me to do. He was asking me to use my voice to speak against division. We prayed over every state we were in, communities that you wouldn't think would want to vote for an openly Christian candidate said, we have never felt this loved before. We've never felt this seen before. We know you don't agree with everything we agree with, but we can tell that your heart is to lead with power, but also with courage and also with compassion. So it was a tricky thing in that I probably still have some acquaintances that were not in contact because I think that move really shocked a lot of people. And then some who came back once they saw me playing the piano again, right? Okay, she's back in my comfort zone. I can receive her there. And I received them with love. But people had an alternative to vote for. And that's what we knew we were supposed to provide. And we knew there was a certain message we were supposed to carry that entire time. And that's what I did. It took courage, but I will never be the same. My courage level has quadrupled, if not really times 100. And I think the biggest lesson is God, when you're really cultivating relationship with him, you know, be very careful about that thing we say, God, I'll go wherever you go and I'll do whatever you ask me to do. He's going to collect on that promise. And the wonderful thing is when you dive into that scariest thing, and as the song says, right, you go out to that part of the ocean where your feet can't touch the bottom. 
most amazing. You will never be closer to God than when you are doing that breakthrough bound thing. You have no business doing except for God, your creator called you to do it. That's beautiful and well said. And I just had an epiphany too. I've not done this ever before. I'm going to come up with a brave hearted woman award and oh. you, my friend are going to be the very first recipient because oh. I just have to say, congratulations. <laughs> well done. You got the grit, you got the glitter and you've got the anointing your message is for such a time as this. Truly, I know that's Esther. You're much like Deborah in the Bible. You are a bold hearted, audacious, wonderful woman. I'm so thankful that you are with us. And I really feel inspired. Your purpose is activating me. Oh, yes. And I know it definitely will activate others. We could go on and do another yeah, whole podcast. Can. And I hope that we will sometime. <laughs> I'd love for you to just tell people you've got many places they can find you, but what is the best place? And that y'all got to get her book. You've yes. got to get Purpose Remix. Purpose there it is. You can find it at jadesimmons.com. But if you go to PurposeTheRemix.com, you can do some exercises that help you really begin the process of uncovering it. All my social media handles are there. I'm on Instagram at official Jade Simmons and now at Jade Simmons Live as I get ready to go on tour, Don. So I'm excited to be in the room with people up close, uh, speaking, performing, administering, and all the things all at once. Well, you're beautiful. Don Damon, Braveheart Mentor, encouraging all of you women, this is your moment. Uncover your purpose, find your brave, and live your dreams. And Jade, thank you so much for being here. I can't wait to connect with you again. Would you play us out? I will. Thank you so okay. much. Thank you. I will do a little bit of uh, Beethoven. Yes. <laughs> Well done. Thank you so much, Don, for everything. I'm honored. Thanks for hanging out with me today and becoming brave. If this has helped you, be sure to share it with someone and subscribe so you never have to miss another episode. For more about me, my books, my coaching, or online courses, visit DawnDamon.com. And as always, be brave and live your vision.